Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first edition of Hot Routes and Hot Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Joe Norton, and with me, as always, is the one, the only, Jared Berry. Yeah, let's do it. So just we're going to give you a quick rundown here in a second here, but just wanted to give you an idea of what this podcast is all about. So basically, we are going to, meaning Jared and I, are going to take a deep dive into the NC FFL, all its glory, providing hot takes and predictions sure to stir up controversy all along the fantasy football season. Jared, you got anything else you want to add? I'm, I'm just happy to be here, man. I'm just glad you got to me, and I'm excited to where this league has gone, and it's been about 10 years since I did some kind of ridiculousness like this with a, with a back with old school with a paper form, and here we are trying to go digital now. It's uh, quite the evolution, if I might say, and uh, I'm glad we're able to have this little collaboration. So fun, hopefully it's going to be a fun little forum. Um, we'll get into some different features that we have later on. Uh, but the rundown is going to consist of this, uh, anyone. So first, we're going to start off with a little draft recap at Ocean Isle Beach. We had a nice little beach trip out there. Uh, we'll get into some thoughts on the divisions. That's new to the league this year. Then we'll get into uh, dark horses and dumpster fires. Uh, and then we'll, also, then we'll end up with uh, some preseason predictions. And then finally, we're going to get into the week one matchups, Jared. We got a game tomorrow. Man, I'm ready. You you have a game tomorrow. Who's going to win? I do have a game, and we'll get into that. As everyone knows, I am a Bears fan. Bears minus three right now at home against the Packers. Uh, I want to I want to take the points, but I'm not quite sure. I can never trust Aaron Rodgers. I think the Packers win. I think they win outright. I think their defense is going to surprise people this year. Yeah, and 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 I'm I'm not sold on Mitchell Trubisky. I'm not sold either. That's why I'm nervous. But you never know. A second year with uh, with new head coach Matt Nagy, who knows? He might take the reins and just take off. Well, let's get this thing started here, Jared. OIB, Fantasy Football Draft Recap. First and foremost, Ocean Isle Beach. This is the second time we've done it out there. Uh, I do believe that I want to say a special thank you to uh, Mike Norton and his parents for letting us utilize uh, their lovely beach house there. So thank you to them. Also, special thanks and shout out to uh, Brooks Hayslip and his parents for letting us uh, hang out at uh, Old Tom Bar, Tom's Bar. Excuse me. That's where most of the festivities took place. Well, and two things. I think one, um, I mean, I, we might we might have gotten Brooks's place kind of prepared for Dorian coming through after the first hurricane that went through there. <laughs> I'm, hoping, I'm, ho- I'm hoping that they're get everything. We got to kind of keep everything. Knock on wood that everything that hurricane just goes straight through and no damage, no water, nothing like that. The other thing is they were down there this weekend, and Brooks said that Tom opened the trash can and saw all the beer and said, God damn, how much did y'all drink last weekend? So we did work, boys. Good job. We Good did. Job. <laughs> we did do work. Maybe not a ton of beer, but we did have a lot of pink Whitney's, which were phenomenal. Yeah, very true. And, and they were they were a flow. And I mean, we had to change it up kind of last minute there with the, the, 
draft being Saturday morning. And I'm kind of proud that we, we started really early that morning. And by we, a lot of us were afraid by the middle of the rounds if we were going to be making sober picks. But I don't think we were. I don't think we were either. Uh, it took me a little bit just to get my uh, feet underneath me after the uh, previous night's festivities at the Pelican. But uh, so we actually had some interesting things go on at the Pelican. We had a couple potential fights with old guys. Kind of remember uh, that. Yeah, so Brad ran in, or I guess Brad and Chaz went out there, Rusty or something, outside some old guy that was stepping all over my feet. I don't know if he got anyone else's, but almost got into a fight. But... And then we had some other just random guys out there that were do. They were there for the same thing as us. Fantasy football weekend kept coming up to me, and he's like, "Hey, man, where are you picking?" I'm like, "I pick five. He goes, "Me too. Who you do? What who you pick?" <laughs> I'm like, "I don't know you from freaking Adam, man." See, that's when I would have went into the whole spill of, I don't know, man, we just got here. We just do this, what, shenanigans of a bingo ball set and a hopper, and we just found out what we're picking. We got keepers involved, so you got to explain that to everybody. It's a big deal. I'm up here run, doing this podcast in a spare bedroom right now. My wife thinks it's ridiculous. That makes two wives, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so – but, hey, I'll say this. Though. I was kind of – my favorite thing about draft weekend is the buildup to the draft. I and would just agree. kind of the, the whole shenanigans of rule proposals and should we change this, should we change that, and then it goes into the keeper announcement, and then we have the bingo ball hopper and just everything like that. And then typically 10 or 15 minutes later, the draft starts. This year, we changed it up a little bit since we were starting it in the morning and we had to make all that stuff happen on Friday night. And I kind of liked it because it kind of had people talking Friday night. Hey, it who are you taking? Who are you taking? Yeah, it so. was it was quite the different turn. And at first, I might have been a little apprehensive about it, but I think you're right on. I mean, it was it was a blast uh, just talking about, you know, who are you going to pick? What happens? Maybe everyone checking their phone to see if Zeke signed yet. You know all that sort trying, of stuff. Trying to trying to give some people some uh, some additional shots and see if they would kind of make some bad calls. I think maybe, <laughs> maybe we might have some of those people that might have made a couple too many shots and kind of made some questionable decisions there. there early was in the a couple, day. couple questionable decisions, and we'll get into that here. But uh, uh, I definitely liked it. Uh, it made for a long day, but it was definitely a fun day going out on the boat, having an epic, I would say definitely epic launch where we were able to witness uh, you and all your glory with the uh, romper. Um, good, good luck. Good luck to next year because I embraced it. I hope whoever wins it next year embraces it. Maybe I'll win. Maybe I'll lose on purpose. I don't know. You did make it look good. So that was, uh, that was definitely fun to watch and witness. Uh, I think the Adderalls helped out later on, True. especially True. with the gambling. For that was gambling. a blast. I don't think it I've ever hard. gambled that hard before, and I've been to Vegas I, a few times. I don't think I gambled that hard before, and I cannot tell you one distinct line, gambling line that I did. The only one I quite remember is, like, I, I think I bet a hit, and the guy almost – I think he hit a home run. That was one that I remember. 
But outside no, I of think that, I did I, random stuff. We were betting on little leaguers for Christ's sake. I did one. I did. I think I did one with either you or Brad, where I bet like fifty to one on a home run. <laughs> Somebody took it, and and the guy caught it at the wall. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so those three seconds were like the best drama <laughs> of the entire weekend. Oh, man, I I think yeah. between that one, betting on little leaguers. And then that one bottom line draft, or one bottom line bet that you and I made between the Indians and I think the Marlins, and we didn't there, even watch the game. It was just there was thing. one, yeah. There was one. It was Reds and Pirates. That's and you what bet it was. me in like the bottom of the second by. I think that the the I think the Pirates are one of Pirates were winning by two. And it was like the bet was my. I took the bet that the Reds would come back and win. Yeah, and it, they it got they came back close. They came back close. I think I think the final score was fourteen nothing. It was fourteen so nothing Pirates. Yeah, <laughs> I was I about had it right there. But the best part was we didn't even turn the game on. We just watched the bottom line. Exactly, just, just a bunch of degenerates. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, it was awesome. So that was the draft recap. Uh, good stuff there. Let's get divisional. We have new divisions now. We have a East division and a West division, five teams each. Each division plays their own, uh, I guess, each team twice in their division and plays everybody in the other division once. Correct. So I would like to get your thoughts on... You know, how was this one of your ideas? And I'd also like to get your thoughts on is there a strong division here or is there and is there a weak division or are they about the same? It it was it it was kind of my idea just to kind of I kind of threw it on the back channels a little bit to kind of see how it would be received. Anytime I'm thinking about bringing up a rule proposal, I always kind of throw feelers out there. I'm not going to just embarrass myself whenever I try to. Uh, uh, propose a rule change. Um, a little bit of this was a little bit of me being bitter because of last year and my <laughs> the way it just kind of schedule fell for me and I just kind of got screwed. And I felt like I would not be able to get screwed or I wouldn't be able to complain as much if the four of the other nine teams in the in the league, we essentially play the same schedule. So at least I can't really complain if I lose to so-and-so. Um, I think it would be fun. It would be interesting. We'll kind of see how it goes. If it just is a complete bomb, I'm not afraid to say, it didn't work. Let's go back to the old way. Um, in, in regards of strengths and weaknesses between the two divisions, it's interesting because I love how we kind of draw this each year. And, I mean, not going to lie here, Joe, with you not making the playoffs for nine straight years, most people are going to be excited when they see you in the their same division. Yeah, there's um, really not much that I can – really fight back on that it's it's been a, a a bitter nine years and i i did have a note here i said you know happy april 9th day so my question was i wanted to ask you because i don't think i got good clarification on it was who decided to do that because i know it wasn't just one person there was a collaboration between multiple people to be like we gotta have a day for this guy i mean this is miserable and yeah. we gotta celebrate it somehow so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's almost impossible for you not to make the playoffs in nine straight years. I mean, that's almost hard to, like, try to do. 
Is anyone even and close to that? No, nobody. Joe, it's, I was telling somebody who's not even in our league. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, like, I'm telling them, I'm like, this is nuts. I mean, and the thing is, is the guy tries and he cares. He just, <laughs> it's just crazy. And so I started looking back when I was kind of like seeing, like, has it really been nine years? And it has. And I was looking at your records. And I think five out of the nine years, you finished four and nine. That sounds about and right. And so it came April 9th becomes Joe Norton Day. And we'll celebrate with a, a drink. Hopefully, we can get all get together, or whoever's in town, we can get together and have a drink and celebration of just being mediocre. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Um, so, but in looking at it, it looks like the champion Chaz from last year is in the West, correct? Whereas the runner-up and the third-place winner, and runner-up being Brad and third-place winner being Mike, are in the East. Mm -hmm. um and so typically you look at it and i don't have these numbers in front of me i'll go off of what he says but john says that he has the best winning percentage career-wise in the league um and so it's you never want to see him in your division but i also think he has one of the worst teams this year so far but then he also has these horseshoes that where things just miraculously happen for him so i don't know I mean, some people say that that's because he's the commissioner and he has some kind of like back ways to be able uh -oh. to kind of manipulate stuff. Uh -oh. I, don't, I mean, I'm not saying that, but I'm just hearing that sometimes. So, but I don't, I don't know. We're, we're not into, I, I think the, I think it's pretty even right now. Um, I, I will say that I compare my team, if I had to look and see if I had to switch with what other teams I would switch teams with. Um, rosters wise and I think the two other top two rosters I would switch with are both in the west okay and those are um probably Rusty and Pittman that's interesting yeah. I'll tell you why that's interesting so I was going to dive into something else here uh sticking with the divisions and I wanted to get your thoughts on Give me your top two teams for each division to make the playoffs. Because remember, those those last two spots are going to be dictated pretty much off of points, I think we decided, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so right. what I want from you is give me, and then, then I'll give you your top two from each division to make the playoffs. So these are your pre your uh, preseason predictions. Okay. So my top two in the West. In the West, we have Chaz, Rusty, Pittman, Brooks, and Joe. Correct. My top two are going to be Rusty one, Pittman two. I got the exact same thing written down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so in the East, I have – I mean, I'm, I'm just – I mean, I'm just saying I'm, I'm going to finish first. And then I got Brad finishing second. Okay. So I took – I went Brad one, Mike two. Okay. Um, and So who – did you do your wild cards? I did not because it's it's based off of the points. And right. so I think there's a lot of variables when you get into the point structure. And you and I both know that the draft isn't won – or the, excuse me, the, the, your fantasy league isn't won at the draft. It's won on the waivers. Well, either that or the terrible trade offers that people make in our league. Well, nobody ever accepts trades, so that's well, the other problem that we have. Yeah, there's, there's I mean, it's a great reason. I think we had, what, 
I think we had the most trades ever in our league last year, and it was like three. Yeah, so it was crazy. Um, but points-wise, if I, I just went ahead and went out, and I'm just going out on a limb based off teams, I think you're in this year, Joe. Well, I, think I, you, I, got, a, I got a feeling you're going to make it. I was going to ask you. I had this written down. Do you think I make the playoffs? I do. Because I, I think at, you're in. I look at my team and I say, I'm a bitch on paper, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm a bitch true. on paper. However, now, me, so, I got to avoid the injury bug. And I got to have some people step to the plate and really mm-hmm. perform this year. Well, that's fantasy. You got it. My, my whole philosophy in fantasy is dodge injuries and guess right. If you do that, then you're going to be good. My sixth and final playoff team, though, based off points, is going to be going to Mike just because of how much of a stint he put up between points versus wins. And I'm going to say he's the last one in because of points, and he's going to have to just kind of suck it up. And we're going to give him hell if he makes it as the sixth team based off, based off points. That would be great. That so, would just be epic. Did you pick a, who, who's going to win it all? I did not yet. I didn't feel comfortable quite yet doing that. I think we can maybe, you know, let's uh, get a few weeks in, kind of establish maybe who the hot teams are, who the good players are, and then I think I'll, I'll make my prediction there. But if I did have to, if you, you know, held a gun to my head right now, I would probably go with uh, Rusty as much as it kills me to say it. Okay. Okay. I got Pittman. Okay. I won't. I want, I want to be kind of in the back pocket of the cop in case I need him for something. I hear that. So, I think Pitt, who, who you got winning the romper? Uh, for the romper, I actually have Brian. Brian. I got John. There's no way John can dig himself out of this hole. He's done it before. Johnny that's, three tight ends, and the guy makes true. it to the playoffs. That's true. With the most points. It's absolutely insane. But, oh, well. All right, well, we went through some preseason predictions. Let's go on, move down the rundown here, and we're going to go to the next topic, and that's... It's time for Dark Horses and Dumpster Fires. Dark Horses and Dumpster Fire. So what Jared and I did is we selected three guys that we feel are going to be Dark Horses based on the draft, and then three just absolute Dumpster Fire picks. So, Jared, why don't you uh, start us off for us? What are we going give me first? Co- give me a couple. Uh, give me your Dark Horses first. Hmm. So I got, I got four written down. Okay, so you went above and beyond. Congratulations. I got well, kind of. Yeah, so I, I think, and the, the reason why I think Rusty's going to be up there is I think Leonard Fournette is going to have a career year at some point, and I think it might be this year. He's only going to have it once. That makes sense. The rest because of the time he was on my team done. last year, so that makes exactly. sense. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, you want a guy who's going to go off. You draft the guys that Joe had last year. Correct. So, I think this is the year Leonard Fournette's going to go nuts. Okay? So, he's kind of my bigger one there. Um, two other dark horses that I think – I think I, I'll lock this in right now. One of these guys, if not both of them, will finish as a top ten wide receiver. Chris Godwin 
Chris Godwin, and Tyler Lockett. Well, both of those guys are on my team, so I feel like I feel good about that. So it might have been the kiss of death right there, but I really like them, and I think they could be good. I'll tell um, you what. There's a lot of chatter amongst the fantasy football experts that Tyler Lockett and uh, Chris Godwin are, are going to do exactly what you said. Now, the problem with that that I can potentially see is they are both slot guys, and they're dependent upon – you know, their outside receivers and their running game. Because if you can't get a play-action pass going, that's what opens up your slot game. Your inside seams, your quick slants, right. quick outs, that's what's going to help those guys. So if they, they're they dependent upon their outside guys and then that play-action can pass. Can you, can, can you tell me one other receiver with the Seahawks? DK Metcalf. Who's questionable? He's already hurt. Is questionable, correct? Okay, so the, who 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 are, who's one or two of your dark horses? All right, so I went. Uh, this is so I wrote this down a few days ago when we kind of talked about it, and I put my number one was going to be Darwin Thompson. Mm-hmm. And then over the weekend we had a little trade. Yeah, and Lashawn McCoy jumped into the the mix for one year at $4 million. And my thought process is Andy Reed's not an idiot. And he's got, um, who's the number one there right now? Damian Williams. Damian Williams. So he, he usually, when he drafts a running back, usually he knows something that most other people don't about that guy. And that's why I was high on Darwin Thompson until LaShawn McCoy came. That to me says that he doesn't feel as comfortable with both of his running backs if he's going to bring in someone like LaShawn McCoy, who's 31 years old, on the back end of his career. And quite frankly, he was trash last year. Well, and it's not just that. Who? How do you know McCoy was trash last year? I had him. <laughs> okay, just, just had to clarify. Okay. So here's the other thing is they paid McCoy more money than they paid Damian Williams when they extended him last year. Mm-hmm. So you're already telling the person, hey, we're going to pay him more. So, yeah, that whole backfield just kind of got blown up. So that, but, was, that was my number one. And, I, you know, once that happened, I was like, well, Jesus. But um, I'll, I'll kind of go with that real quick to kind of play on with that is one of my other dark horses was I was like, nope, there's nobody who's going to know who this guy is. I'm going to be able to get him with my last pick. And somehow there's no way Chaz knew who Devin, Devin Singletary Sin- was. He's my number three. I had him at there's- number three, Devin Singletary. Chaz was like, oh, yeah. He just looked down the sheet and saw Singletary and knew that was like a popular NFL name and just took him. I know. But I just knew. And, and it played perfectly. He was behind Frank Gore and McCoy, who were both done. So at some point, you know he's going to like yep. step in. And so now he's just – I was texting when it happened over the weekend. I was like, man, just such a great pick. I mean, that's going to be his keeper. He grabbed, that, he grabbed Devin Singletary in the 11th round. I will say this. Frank Gore – is basically a football legend at this point. The guy's been playing for probably 15 years as a running back, which is absolutely absurd. He's, he's a like horse. herpes. He's, he's a like horse. herpes. He he's does not, not go he's, away. He's like a herpes. He does not go away. So I don't think initially 
that Singletary's going to be a big impact player for the Bills. I do believe that's going to fall in the role of Frank Gore. But right around probably week six or seven, I think he'll get his feet underneath him and he'll start taking over that uh, that role. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. Um, Who was your number two? My number two, very interesting, I thought. I was like, you know, I don't want to pick a big name here. But I do believe wide receiver out of Pittsburgh, James Washington, is going to be a player. He's going to feed off of the balls that uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is going to – he's going to have coverage shaded his direction, and James Washington's going to pick up the trash. So I think he's he's bound to fill the shoes that Smith-Schuster filled when a, when Antonio Brown was there. That's just my dark horse there for the wide receivers. Thoughts? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no thoughts at all, huh? Say that again? I was asking for your thoughts. Oh, no. Who drafted him? Uh, that, that guy went to Pitt. Pittman. Pittman, Pittman, yeah. See, it's interesting because you hear James Washington, but I've also heard Dante Moncrief is going to be the number two. So it's going to be curious to see how that plays out. One of those guys is probably going to win and be able to kind of take the take the rosters to the next to the next level. Um, here, kind of curveball here in the first two rounds of the picks taken in the first two rounds. There's always somebody that ends up being a bust, not necessarily injury-wise, but they just don't pan out. It could be injury. It could be they just end up sucking. Who do you think is going to be the bust out of the picks in the first two rounds? Oh, man. Um, I'm going to say Joe Mixon. Okay. Why is that? Um, well, they did just re-sign Giovanni Bernard to a nice little deal. So they obviously have trust in him. And I just don't think that Mixon can stay healthy over the course of a year. And that's why they have to have Bernard there as a backup. Yeah. Uh, you're going to take him. Mike took him with the, looks like the 17th pick. Yeah. Uh, not a total bust, but I mean, when you're taking two running backs in the first two picks, now granted Zeke. Was was Zeke his uh, keeper? Yeah, so he's got him coming. No, no, no. Cooper was his keeper. Oh yeah, Cooper. He drafted Zeke though. So, um, so you those guys need to hit, and I just don't. I just can't trust Mixon to to get me through the entire year. Well, all right. And I asked that. You want to you want you want to know who my bust is? I do want to know who that um, bust is. And it, it kind of leads to my last dark horse. Uh, so my bus, it, it, his last name rhymes with Smurly. <laughs> I think there's so many red flags around Todd Gurley this year. Just arthritic knee. They drafted a high running back. They brought other guys in. They're talking about scaling him back, and I think he's done, man. And so that leads me. I just, if I had to guess, looking at everything, I'm, Todd Gurley is going to be the one that's going to. Because a you drafted him, so you know he's probably gonna like it's automatic gonna be over. Yeah, automatically it's over. Um, and then that leads me to my last dark horse is gonna be Darrell Henderson, the backup rookie backup running back that Brian drafted. So um, you don't but, think that it's gonna fall down to Malcolm Brown? You believe that Henderson's gonna take the reins when or if Gurley goes down? 
I think it might be a committee, but I think Henderson eventually will be the guy that you want to own in fantasy. I think he could be in that in that offense. I think he could be the league winner. But it's also like the unknown. Like you know what you might get out of Malcolm Brown, but nobody's seen Henderson, so it's the unknown. So yeah, let's kind of go over that upside of the unknown. So I don't know. Here's what I do know: you can't draft based on injury predictions. True. Gurley has had surgery. He's had surgeries, I believe, in high school. He's had surgery in college. Don't give me this arthritic crap. The guy's been having surgeries multiple times. He's what twenty five, six years old. I mean, He's going to run himself into the ground no matter what. You know, I think he kind of already has. I think a lot of the experts are saying that his knee is arthritic, which I don't think that bodes well in national football. So, um, but we'll, we'll see. What about your dumpster fires? Oh, my God. So, first and foremost, I guess I should start with number three. Uh, I'll go three to one. How about that? So, I I just made this pick not more than 10 minutes ago. And I put Melvin Gordon because the whole situation is a dumpster fire. And that reminds me of Le'Veon Bell last year. And, and, and I mean, and I agree. He was on my list, too. And just so the person would have – like the Le'Veon Bell owner last year would have said, hey, stay away from this. Let me check my notes. Oh, wait, it's the same person who had Le- <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> But also think that it's like it, it, that can't happen two years in a row to him, can it? And so he's going to – Melvin's Gordon's going to come back and then boom. Although I think anti- – I'm picking Pittman to win it just because I think – He's got, like, the highest risk team, too, because I don't know anything about A.B. That dude's just a nut job. But he might ball out. I don't know. I just think right now Melvin Gordon's a dumpster fire. I do think he comes back before week 10. But at that point, you picked him at four. Are you going to keep him at four next year? I guess you do. I mean, he's a top – he's an RB1. So, at a fourth-round pick, that's still an excellent job for Pitton for next year. But – What's he going to give you this year? Four weeks max? And if he does come back, does he have a hammy pole on accident so that he doesn't actually play? I mean, would you rather make the playoffs without Melvin Gordon as your fourth-round keeper next year or miss the playoffs with Melvin Gordon as your fourth-round keeper? I'd rather make the playoffs. I'd rather make the playoffs. I haven't been there in nine years. So we'll see. It's a gamble, but we'll find out what happens. My number two dumpster fire is DK Metcalf. You okay. cannot look like a physical specimen in a Mack truck and be a good wide receiver. I don't know <laughs> another one. This guy can bench a house and a half. He's got legs the size of pylons. And he's already injured. And he hasn't even, he hasn't even played in the preseason, barely of all, or if any. The hype around this guy is way too much, and I just see bust written all over this guy. I heard his shuttle time at the combine was about the same as Tom Brady's. Well, so he's, he's like a straight-line runner, and he can't cut, yeah. so he's not going to be able to run routes. But So he's like a Randy Moss without yeah. Randy Moss ability. Right. <laughs> exactly. So think Randy. Run. So think like, Randy. When did they Moss. run shuttle in freaking in an NFL game? Yeah, I, yeah. I guess it's for explosiveness. And then my number one, I had to do it. I got Zerline and Lutz, Johnny Boy, 
picking two kickers, both of them with the same bye weeks. So <laughs> I think we all had a nice little chuckle with this pick. Um, but I think it is going to be the number one dumpster fire. How do you pick two kickers? A, how do you pick two kickers? And B, how do you pick them both that have the same bye week? I mean, that's just bad managerial skills right now. Do you think he forgot that he already picked a kicker when he picked Lutz? I don't. I don't think he forgot. I think his thought process was, I'm going to grab the next best kicker so that someone else doesn't have them. And he didn't even pay attention because he was just falling over drunk at that point. And it's mind-boggling how we let that guy do so well. That's that's the nuts part. And unless he thought that like he made a rule proposal where you get bonus points for if you were the first team to draft a starting roster. I don't know. So well, but, he, yeah, that's pretty bad. I don't think he was. Well, I guess he was. So but um all right, so Zerline was one of mine. Yeah, so okay. I had Melvin Gordon and I had Zerline for in mine. And then my two other ones were I'm gonna stick with Johnny here. And then I mean after I guess he looked at his roster and he goes, okay, I got three running backs. I got a tight end. I got a quarterback and I have two wide receiver threes. So <laughs> let, let me, let me go ahead and lock up that bears D in round eight. And so he drafted the bears D in round eight. And I don't know if he knows that he does. He, you think he knows Vic Fangio, the defensive coordinator there last year is no longer there. I don't think so, he knows it. And so, I don't think he knows that Pagano is the new bears coordinator. Yeah. And typically these defenses that do so well one year they kind of take a step back the next year um, at least so, a little bit yeah, yeah. So, so that would be mine so round eight there for bears and then uh zerline around 10 was one and then my last one was so i guess round nine comes around and john looks at his <laughs> roster and he goes i got three running backs a tight end i got aaron Rodgers. i got two wide receiver threes i got the bears d you know what I really need? I really need to pick up Drew Brees so I can sit Aaron Rodgers and stream him <laughs> sometimes. So I got to go ahead and get that backup quarterback locked in. So I don't know what he's doing. I don't know how he's going to dig himself out of this hole. I'm just going to sit back and watch. Somehow he thinks he can trade like kickers for starting wide receivers. I don't All know. Right. So. so let me so let me ask you this. So he's got three quarterbacks: Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, and Cam Newton. Okay. Uh-huh. Who are you starting? I'm starting Aaron Rodgers every time. Well, maybe Drew Brees this time, but I mean, he needs to be like trying to shop Aaron Rodgers after looking at his team now. I don't think Drew Brees is going to be good season-wise. I just think I think he's done. I don't think he has the long ball anymore, and he can't beat people like he used to so fantasy wise he's always going to end up like 24 for 31 for 225 yards and a touchdown okay but they're and they're always going to win um i don't i mean i don't see how you ever really pull the trigger on cam over aaron Rodgers, but i don't know what he's going to do we'll see well the reason i ask is Rodgers doesn't have a buy until week 11. So if exactly. you're starting quarterback, your other two guys aren't even a, a, a player until week 11. So, yeah. So, we'll, I, yeah. I'm going to say, I mean, he's he felt so confident about his drafting that he went ahead and went down to Grand Cayman, and he's just kind of soaking up the rays down there and just waiting for all this to, to unfold. So, I'm sure they'll just somehow these – 
uh, waiver wire picks will just come to them and go from there. So I do like – listen, the surprise round one pick was Dalvin Cook at number four. Um, I'm I'm all in on Dalvin Cook. I think he's going to have a great year. But if 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 your bingo ball comes out and you're looking at the top three and you're like, oh, they're probably going to be Zeke and Kamara and McCaffrey – I'm going to go Dalvin Cook at four. You just need to go pick at the back end of the draft. Ain't nobody going to take Dalvin Cook at four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. So, but uh, we'll I'm see. Not, but, he, he's but got he's, the ability, but he hasn't been able to show it or sustain it all season. And that's been his big Achilles heel right there. But he's also got the best winning, winning percentage in league history. So we'll see what happens. We will. All right, let's move forward here and let's get into the week one matchups. Week one matchups. Here we go. All righty. So I'm going to go through these matchups here. We'll go one by one. I'll give a little brief little recap here on each of them. Get your thoughts on it, and we'll we'll figure out who you got and who I got. Right. So first matchup here, we got Joe versus Rusty, which is two girly, one cup versus what you say, Con. <laughs> And uh, Joe's projected myself at 118.28, which is just abysmal considering that we have an extra flex option now. Uh, Rusty's sitting at currently at 139.09. He's favored 66% to my 33%. Quite honestly, when I saw this, I was just utterly pissed off. Um, I got my report card grade back from Yahoo, which is just a sham in its own right. It says C minus. Just an absolute disgrace. Pretty much going to be a 4-9 season again after I saw that. So that made me upset. But I did say I had Rusty win in the West. So I do think he's going to pull out the victory this week as much as I can't stand it. Yeah, I agree. I think his three running backs, Barkley, Bell, and Fournette, are going to – I think they're going to start strong on the year. and We'll kind of see. I think I think y'all two are going to have kind of opposite years. I think he might kind of fizzle a little bit after an early good start, and I think your guys are going to do better as the season goes along. I really do believe in Godwin and Lockett, and I believe those current projections are just going to kind of get higher and higher each week. So, But I do have Rusty this week, yeah. Yeah. All right, so round or number two, John versus Brad. We got Chef Boyard Cam versus Connor Air. That's a great name and an even better avatar from Bradley. Um, 126.42 for Johnny projection and a 138.37 for Brad. Brad's favored 60% to 40 against John. I'm going to pull the upset here. I think John pulls it out just mysteriously. I don't even know how. Um, my guess is Dalvin Cook goes bananas and so does Aaron Jones. I think Jones unfortunately cuts up the Bears D as much as I hate to say that. Um, and I do believe that, um, let's see who's got Jarvis Landry. Yeah, I think Jarvis Landry is going to pull a touchdown in this week. 
Uh, and that's going to be the biggest thing. It would be surprising if Zillan kicked a couple 50 yarders if he decides to play. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But I do. I am going to take the upset on that, and I do think John pulls it out. What you say? Here's my prediction. I think these two guys are going to – I think this is going to be the lowest scoring matchup of the weekend. Wow. And I think these two guys are going to be in the bottom three of lowest scores, and Brad's going to pull out a close one. Wow. But I don't I, – I, I just got a feeling they're just going to be low scoring. I'm going to say, like, Brad wins with 106 to, like, 92. Wow. I wrote it down. We'll check back next week and see what's going on. So, Brad wins there. We're split on that one. Moving on to number three. So, we have Eric, which team name effing Kamish, and Jared, six inch penetrators. Eric with a projection of 125.51, and you're a 126.10, a 50-50 favorite. Before I get into it, I just have to say something here, which really aggravates me amongst our league, and that is the names. Can we get some creativity around the names? I don't agree with you keeping the same name year after year, especially Eric, and you, as creative as you are, can we come up with something different for Christ's sake? I'm trying to look at something with my with my guys and trying to play something off my guys. I was thinking about that the other day, but every time I change the name, I start sucking. And so then I always go back to the six inch penetrators for good luck. Um, so we'll kind of see how we'll we'll play this. We'll see what Devontae Adams does tomorrow, and I might kind of change it a little bit. But I'm I'm <laughs> I, I, I'm I got you. I'm trying to I'm trying to maybe I got that Dallas D so I can play like Chubb and the Big D. I don't know. Um, anything's better than what you got right now. Chubb, Chubb and the Adams after. And this is the same for Pittman. I mean, let's be a little bit creative right here. All right. Well, all right. Well, who you, who you got winning this? No, I don't. So I got you right winning now. this one. Actually, I got you winning it 118 to 110. Um, and that's because I don't foresee Mike Evans or Antonio Brown having a big game. They have an average game. Uh, Melvin Gordon's not going to play this one for Pittman, so I do think he struggles to score some points. And quite honestly, I actually think he'll actually get I, – I think he's going to pull about 27 points from Baker Mayfield. I do believe that, which is a little bit more than he's uh, projected there. As for yourself, um, I think I think your wide receivers up top there, Julio, Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams, all are big players for you this week. Um, I don't think that your running backs do great, but I do think Miles Sanders gets you enough points to put you over the edge there. And O.J. Howard's definitely going to put one in the end zone. So, All right. Well, um, I do got you pulling so that one off. So I should put Miles Sanders in my starting lineup? Versus who? <laughs> Either Nick Chubb or Devontae Freeman. So I got I to gotta see Miles Sanders a little bit. I think. I think this is going to be the closest one of the weekend. And I think, and I hate to say it because of god-awful defenses, but I think Philadelphia at home against Washington's terrible team is going to score a lot of points. And he's, his defense is going to get more points than Dallas at home against the Giants. And I think that's, I think Pittman's going to edge it, edge me because of the defensive battle. Wow. So you're thinking that 
him with the Panthers against Kansas City is going to score more points and put you over the top? I don't know if I agree with that one. Say that again? Carolina at home? He's playing Philadelphia. You, I don't think you've looked at the updated matchup. Oh, did he, did he drop he's got, the Panthers? Yeah, he's got the Eagles at home against the Redskins. Oh, I thought so. Okay, so I'm looking at his draft board here. So he must have done a transaction I'm not aware of. Okay. I'm surprised he would drop the Panthers there. I guess it makes sense considering they're going against Case or uh, the Rams up front. Yep. Oh, okay. So we're split on that one as well. Hopefully I'm right and you get the victory there. Uh, moving on to number four, we got Chaz versus Brooks. Reasonable doubt. There's still's got that juju. A 130.56 projection for Chaz and a 126.32 for Brooks, as their current rosters predict. Uh, that's putting Chaz at a 53% over Brooks, and I'm actually going to agree with that prediction. There, I do think that Chaz is going to take that, and it's going to be heavily aided by Christian McCaffrey. Marvin Mack's going to get a lot of weaknesses in that Andrew Luck is now gone. Um, so I do think they're going to pull it off. He's going to pull it off over Brooks. What you yeah, say? I agree. I think looking at these two starting lineups, they, they both look really blue-collar. I mean, we got like Marlon Mack and Derrick Henry and Chris Carson and Mark Ingram, and they're just going to be like grinders that are just going to get like a solid floors. But then I'm looking at it, and Brooks – is so-called a Panthers fan, and here he is starting Jared Goff in week one against the Panthers. And then I look over Chaz, who's starting DJ Moore and Christian Mac- Christian McCaffrey. So I got to go with Chaz <laughs> for starting two Panthers, and Brooks is starting a Ram. So I was looking at Brooks's lineup, and you remember how distraught he was about his draft. I mean, this guy was down in the dumps. He wasn't feeling good about his team, but I'm looking at it. And I see Juju Smith-Schuster, Michael Thomas, Chris Carson, who's going to start. Mark Ingram's going to do good. Philip Lindsay's going to give you the points. Robbie Anderson's hurt. Elshon Jeffrey, wild card. And Will Fuller, you never know what's going to happen there. But he's got Goff. He's got Breida, who's going to start. I mean, he does have a good team, especially with Kittle there on tight end. My big wonder, question is, who's Chaz going to start at quarterback? Who would you start? Lamar Jackson all day, every day. I, I wanted think, him. He's going to be a top five quarterback this year. I think Chaz wins if he if he picks the correct quarterback this week. He wins. That's how he wins right there. Nah, yeah. Uh, I mean, he only has one quarterback now. So, I think he dropped Big Ben. So, Lamar Jackson, is, Lamar Jackson will finish as a top five quarterback in fantasy this year. Wow. Watch. That's a bold prediction. Um, it's – I'm, I'm, you're sitting here praising Brooks's team, and you've praised some other teams. And I'm, I'm, I'm curious about when they listen to this and when they hear you praising their team, if they're going to be like, "Shit." Most <laughs> people are. If Joe likes my team, I'm screwed. <laughs> but, I just try to give a little bit of perspective. <laughs> now, granted, my perspective only gives me four and nine seasons, but I mean, geez, someone's got to do it, right? All right, so we got one more one more matchup. We got Brian. Let's get to Mike. this last one here. Yeah, we got Mike versus Brian. Points versus wins. That's a crappy name. 
Then we have Brian Sherlock Mahomes. I do like that. I'd like to see it on a T-shirt if possible one day. <laughs> Mike's sitting at a 125.5 projection. Brian at a 132.37. He's favored 56 to 44. Well, I'm going to let you take the reins on this one. Who you got winning? I think with Zeke coming back, and there's questions on how many snaps he'll see, but I think he'll see enough to where he can get his. And then here's my bold statement. Deshaun Watson will not only outperform Patrick Mahomes this week, Deshaun Watson will outperform Patrick Mahomes the entire year. And because of that, Michael beats Brian this week. Even with the unpredictability of their backfield. Yep. Wow. Deshaun Watson will have more points than Patrick Mahomes at the end of the year. That would be an epic pickup if my, if that happened for Mike, if he can do that, if he can pull that out through the rest of the year. I myself am going to take Brian in this matchup. I do think Zeke's limited touches is going to hinder him, and I would be surprised even if he plays him. But it's Zeke, you got to play him. you got to put him in the lineup. Um, if anything happens with Damian Williams, um, especially in the passing game, that's going to be a, a straight wash there. Um, I do think Austin Eckler is going to play a big role for Brian this week, considering that uh, Melvin Gordon's out. So I do think that Brian edges this one out. I'm not going to go as high as the Yahoo predictions, but I do say he wins it 123 to 110. Okay. So. Good deal. So we got, we got the weekly matchup winners. Anything else that you want to uh, discuss or. I Make think I'm good. I think just say to everybody, uh, dodge injuries and guess right, fellas. Let's go. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Hot Routes and Hot Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. Just as a reminder, if you'd like to get in touch with us, there's a way to do that. Please go to anchor.fm website or the Anchor app. Search Hot Routes and Hot Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. There you can leave us what's called a voice message. We'll receive that message, and if we like what we hear, we may feature it on next week's podcast. For all of us here at the Hot Routes and Hot Takes Fantasy Football Podcast, dodge injuries and guess right.